want you to hit me as hard as you can. Ah, the video game to film adaptation. A testing ground for filmmakers and studios alike. It's history riddled with more expensive failures than tried and true successes. Super Mario Brothers, Alone in the Dark, Street Fighter, House of the Dead, In the Name of the King, Blood Rain, Hitman, Max Payne, the list goes on, with this particular genre of adaptation constantly littering the bottom of Rotten Tomatoes' aggregate system. That's not to say there aren't successes, financially, critically, or simply beloved by a vocal minority. There's Tomb Raider, Mortal Kombat, Pokemon, Detective Pikachu, and the Resident Evil franchise, which have brought in either buckets of cash and several sequels, or at least are remembered for their iconic theme tunes. Looking at you, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the video game adaptations keep on coming, with Sonic the Hedgehog sequel already out, as well as Uncharted recently performing decently in the first half of 2022. Regardless of the success rate of these video game adaptations, they're established intellectual property, and we know how much Hollywood loves IP. This led to a long-awaited adaptation of Ubisoft's popular Assassin's Creed game franchise into a $100 million-plus adaptation back in 2016, with none other than Magneto himself, Michael Fassbender, in the dual lead roles. It was a surprising development when the movie was announced as being in production, with Fassbender attached as producer and star in 2012 and 2013. The movie was slated to take a bow Memorial Day 2015. Why then was Assassin's Creed not released until December 2016? Why was the $125 million movie with a star-studded cast given a drubbing by critics? And why did it fail to light the domestic box office on fire? Take a leap of faith with Joe Blow as we find out what the fuck happened to this movie? Ubisoft's iconic and ongoing game series Assassin's Creed has sold a whopping 155 million units since the first game debuted in 2007, and has spawned 12 core titles in addition to several spin-offs. The title was initially conceived as a new installment of the perennial Prince of Persia franchise, to be created by the core Persia team, ahead of the launch of the next generation of consoles, which at that time were the PS3 and Xbox 360. With a desire for a POV character that wasn't just someone that's waiting to be king, and with a ton of research into secret societies of the past, the idea was formulated to center the game around a secret society of assassins. Ubisoft's top brass balked at the idea of having a Prince of Persia game without the Prince as a lead character, so the project was encouraged to become brand new IP. Creative director Patrice Desilets formed the new idea around the inspiration provided by a book called Alamut, and Hassan I. Sabah, a Muslim missionary in the 11th century who founded the Hassashin, later simply known as the Assassins. Additional elements were introduced to the story, relating to the Assassins and their long-running feud with the Knights Templar throughout battles fought across the Crusades. A near-future setting was implemented for the game's framework to explain the ability to die and come back in the plot of the game. Desilet had seen a TV show about DNA being passed down through generations and concocted a story set in the near future, which revolves around a character going into a device called the Animus and engaging with the memories of a long-dead ancestor in order to find some information that will save the world in their present. It's an ingenious device and positions the story as sci-fi rather than a straight-up historical epic. The game obviously played like gangbusters when it debuted in 2007, as gamers were entranced by not only playing as parkour enthusiast Altair, 
but also the near-future intrigue as the Assassins and Templars continue their fight into the 21st century. The game pioneered free-running physics and crowd scenes, and has been pumping out new versions in different time periods ever since. Cut to 2011, where Sony entered final negotiations to make the film with Ubisoft's new shingle, Ubisoft Motion Pictures. The French company determined to finance co-productions, allowing their precious IP to be turned into smash hit features. In 2012, Michael Fassbender came aboard with his Banner DMC film, but by October 2012, Ubisoft had ditched Sony entirely in order to have more creative control over the project, and were now teaming with New Regency and Fox to produce and distribute the movie. New Regency president and CEO Brad Wesson had enjoyed working with Fassbender on 12 Years a Slave and was eager to do so again. Things get a little chaotic behind the scenes in the run-up to the movie's production, but stick with us here. In January 2013, hit British playwright Michael Leslie was hired to write the screenplay for Assassin's Creed. Come June of that same year, legendary producer Frank Marshall signs on to assist in producing alongside Fassbender. His Indiana Jones pedigree made him an obvious candidate. In June, the release date for Assassin's Creed was pushed back to June 19, 2015. By July of 2013, writer Scott Frank of Minority Report and the Wolverine fame reveals he's been hired to do rewrites on Leslie's script. Rewrites by other writers are nothing new in the film industry, and with Frank's resume, there was little cause for alarm. Being no stranger to adaptations, Frank had previously been nominated for an Oscar for Out of Sight and was quoted as loving different set of challenges that come with adapting a video game, something he had never done before. In January 2014, an executive producer's LinkedIn profile suggested filming was to begin in August of the same year. Around the same time, rumors were flying, suggesting Daniel Espinoza, the director responsible for Safe House and Morbius, was set to take a chair on set with his name and title on the back. This rumor later turned out to be either erroneous or a deal with Espinoza was never closed. Later, in April 2014, the producers were clearly still not happy with the script, as writing duo Adam Cooper and Bill Collage were hired for yet another rewrite. A strange choice considering the pair were perhaps best known for comedies like Tower Heist and Acceptance, although word had it that they had done an early draft of Exodus, Gods and Kings for Ridley Scott, which was well received. Making more sense here, considering Assassin's Creed is a halfway swords and sandals period piece as well. Suddenly, that August production start date isn't looking too feasible, with the script being rewritten just four months prior. Things start heating up quickly though, as within the month, Fassbender's collaborator on his Moody Macbeth adaptation, Justin Kurzel, signs on to direct. Clearly, the two enjoyed their time together on Macbeth and were game to continue onward with Assassin's Creed. Thanks for watching Joe Blow videos. If you enjoy our shows, please like and subscribe, and click the bell to be notified when new videos go live. Now, back to the show. All is mostly quiet until February 2015, when Ubisoft CEO Yves Gimo suddenly confirms that Assassin's Creed is in production, having been given a green light from New Regency. The June 2015 release date is obviously out the window at this point, with the CEO confirming that the film is now slated for a December 2016 drop. Very shortly afterward, like the next day, Deadline announced that Marion Cotillard had been signed on to star in the film, prompting a reunion with her Macbeth co-star Fassbender and their director, Justin Kurzel. Cotillard's signing on to Assassin's Creed no doubt increased confidence in their project. Having met on the set of The Light Between Oceans in 2014, 
Fassbender may or may not have been carrying on a relationship with Alicia Vikander. The couple didn't confirm the relationship until 2017. Regardless, Vikander was circling a role in Assassin's Creed in May of 2015, no doubt courted and or encouraged by Fassbender to do so. But by June, she had made a decision to star in the fifth Jason Bourne movie instead. Thankfully, the relationship didn't sour due to that choice, and the pair are now married with a baby. The role earmarked for Vikander instead went to Greek-born French actress and director Ariane Lebed, who signed on in late June. In early July, the late, great Michael K. Williams signed on for a role which sources supposedly teased had a major stake in the franchise. The following month, Yahoo Movies, oh, remember them? Dropped the first image of Michael Fassbender dressed in the recognizable garb of an assassin from the franchise, although obviously tweaked for the time period and the character's big screen visualization. This was the first real, confirmed inkling that this production was well and truly finally underway other than talk and rumor. The image drop also came with a synopsis, giving fans their first taste of the story, which appeared to hew closely to the plot of the first game. Through a revolutionary technology that unlocks his genetic memories, Callum Lynch, Michael Fassbender, experiences the adventures of his ancestor, Aguilar, in 15th century Spain. Callum discovers he is descended from a mysterious secret society, the Assassins, and amasses incredible knowledge and skills to take on the oppressive, and powerful Templar organization in the present day. While some fans may have been distressed to discover they were not getting Fassbender as Altair, Ezio, or any other recognizable character from the franchise, Ubisoft's head of Assassin's Creed content confirmed that the movie would share the same universe as the games, with the opportunity to see some familiar faces. Further to that point, Jeremy Irons was brought onto the cast, playing Alan Rickon, a villainous character from the game series. Dr. Ricken is the CEO of Abstergo Industries, an arm of the Templar Order, who are determined to retrieve the Apple of Eden, a device that supposedly can inhibit God-given free will. Ricken's daughter, Dr. Sophia Ricken, is played by Marianne Cotillard, and together they kidnap Callum from his scheduled execution in order to plug him into the Animus and retrieve the genetic memories of his ancestor, Aguilar a 15th century assassin determined to protect the apple from the Templar. Shooting took place in between August 2015 and January 2016, a fairly lengthy shoot as one would expect for a $125 million movie. Brendan Gleeson also added to the cast as Callum's father, with his real-life son Brian Gleeson playing a younger version of the character in flashback. Shooting locations included Spain, Malta, and the UK in London, as well as the famed 007 soundstage at Pinewood Studios in Buckinghamshire. Adam Archipal served as the film's cinematographer, another longtime collaborator of Kurzel's, dating back to his grim breakout crime movie Snowtown in 2011. While Archipal brought many sweeping and beautiful shots to the film, his palette was arguably tainted by a VFX dust effect that perpetuates through much of the movie, especially in the flashbacks to 15th century Spain. By all indications, the shoot went smoothly, even going as far as to accomplish a historic stunt, replicating the signature leap of faith move from the video games. For it, stunt producer Damian Walters conducted a 125-foot freefall, quoted as being one of the highest freefalls performed by a stuntman in almost 35 years. While the behind-the-scenes video shows impressive footage of the stunt, the end result on film is sadly less impressive as the blurry VFX insert of the Spanish city added in post makes the final product look 
like a video game. In post, Kurzel also brought in his brother Jed to score the movie, naturally another frequent colleague. Jed is a great composer, having provided exemplary work on the likes of Alien Covenant and Slow West, another Fassbender film. The first trailer for Assassin's Creed dropped in May 2016 and gave fans, diehard and casual, their first glimpse at a moving look and feel for the movie. The trailer was set to Kanye West's I Am A God, a controversial choice for some, feeling that the song was out of place, while others might feel that the intro of the song is a perfect tonal match for the scenes of Aguilar defying the Templar Grand Master while chained to a stake, about to be burned. The trailer encapsulated most of what the final, finished movie was to center around. Callum kidnapped by Abstergo and forced to live his ancestors' highfalutin parkour antics during the Spanish Inquisition. It's safe to say that the reception of the trailer was a mixture of skepticism and excitement. After four writers, shifting release dates, a battle between studios, an ever-expanding team of producers, a lengthy shoot, and a game studio that wanted as much creative control as possible, Assassin's Creed finally took a bow in December 2016. The initial box office performance was tepid, amounting to a $10.3 million domestic. This might have been due to early reviews, with Rotten Tomatoes summing it up as a, quote, joylessly overplotted slog. Scott Wampler of Birth Movie's Death was a little kinder than others, saying that Assassin's Creed is not, quote, the top-to-bottom disaster that many were claiming. Regardless, he still called it, quote, dour and repetitive. Our own Chris Bumbray, reviewing the movie for Joe Blow, graded it a fair 5 out of 10, calling it, quote, among the year's biggest disappointments. He mentioned accurately that while Fassbender and Kurzel were clearly aiming for a sequel with the film's denouement, where Callum embraces his assassin family legacy to protect the Apple of Eden with his newfound allies, a follow-up was unlikely unless audiences turned up in droves. Spoiler alert, they didn't. Another Joe Blow contributor, Alex Mady, would later stick up for the film in our column The Unpopular Opinion, calling Assassin's Creed breathtaking and one of the best directed and acted blockbusters in recent memory. After a worldwide box office take of 240 million greenbacks, The Hollywood Reporter estimated that the film would lose the studios involved 75 to 100 million dollars after expenses like marketing and box office rental. Although that figure might be a little high considering the estimation came before the movie finished its run. Assassin's Creed currently sits with a dismal 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, although audiences were apparently a little less rough on the video game adaptation. The audience score has a slightly higher average of 42%. Justin Kurzel tried admirably to infuse Assassin's Creed with as much realism as possible, opting for many physical stunts and on-location shooting. A murky VFX palette lets him down quite a bit, especially in the scenes set during the Spanish Inquisition. There's an interesting subplot, however, with the other present-day descendants of the Assassins, although we don't get quite enough time with actors like Michael K. Williams, Callum Turner, and Michelle H. Lynn to get a grasp on their characters, or who they're descended from. Fassbender's character turns from skeptic to true believer across a mostly nonverbal, stoic inner journey, which makes the arc hard for audiences to connect with. The film's MacGuffin, The Apple of Eden, is far too vague of a prize for either the Assassins or the Templars. Audiences are only told that it can remove free will, but without being told exactly how, it ends up feeling like an empty threat. It's a shame that none of the four screeners could figure that one out. Assassin's Creed, ultimately, was a brave and costly exercise in adapting one of the most popular video game series ever, and perhaps executed with a little too much seriousness and not enough entertainment. 
Perhaps Kurzel was the wrong choice for director. Perhaps the screenplay wasn't quite ready after the revolving door of writers and persistent delays. While Kurzel had high hopes and plans for a sequel, he mentioned to a French outlet that he would consider utilizing a 50s Cold War setting, this would never come to pass. While two sequels were planned by New Regency in the wake of Disney's acquisition of Fox and their inherited debt from that studio's film department, all Assassin's Creed sequels were canceled. Looking back, Michael Fassbender mused that, quote, I would make it more entertaining. That's really the main note. The feeling of the film, I think it took itself too seriously, and I would get to the action a lot quicker. I think there's three beginnings of the film, which is a mistake. While Assassin's Creed may have had an overly weighty tone with a slow burn plot, time might be kinder to this movie that dared to take a video game adaptation so seriously. What did you think of Assassin's Creed? Were fans and critics too harsh in December 2016? Let us know in the comments below.